Hello, hello, and welcome to the show. You're listening to the We Podcast, and I'm your host, Sarah Menares. I believe that we all need a space to speak our authentic truth, as well as a space to hear the truths of real and vulnerable people so that we can better understand that we are not alone. Hearing the experiences of others encourages us to step into the light in our own lives. It is through owning our stories and learning to speak our truth that we are able to grow and rise above the challenges we face and step into the full power of all we were created to be. You will hear many topics discussed in this space with people from all over the world. We hope that you feel welcomed into a community of growth and that this space will invite you to uncover the absolute greatness that is already inside of you. Oh, and don't forget, check out all the We Podcast episodes as well as the We Spot blog over at thewespot.com. Are you ready? Let's dive in. Hey girl, it's me. I'm excited to come to you today in this episode and talk to you about some exciting things. Our theme today is learning to fight for yourself. And before we get into that, I want to tell you that this is coming from my new book, Looking In and Finding Out. If you haven't heard about it yet, it was just published in October. It's very exciting. So again, it's Looking In and Finding Out, Diving Into the Darkness and Unraveling Who You've Been All Along. Now, my plan is to come here and chat with you the next few episodes about different points inside the book. And so what I really want to do is be able to talk with you about this unraveling here in this space because I believe that we all have an unraveling to do. And my book is really about my unraveling, but also how you can apply the things I've learned to your own life. Someone said to me not too long ago that their impression of my book was that it's a memoir, but it's also a self-help book, which I really loved that description because I didn't want it to just be here all the terrible things that happened to me, right? (laughs) Because unfortunately, we all have things that have shaped us and molded us and, and that have been really hard. And I wanted to also show how do you move forward from that? How do you pull lessons from that? How do you learn? How do you become the best version of yourself and live your very best life in spite of everything that's happened? So I want to dive in today and talk about one of the themes in my book, which is learning to fight for yourself. This is something that took me a really long time to grasp. And I spent a large part of my life hoping, waiting, wishing that somebody else would come along and fight for me. When I was really little, I was sexually abused. There were different opportunities in my life for me to experience being a victim and feeling like I needed somebody else to rescue me. Like I didn't have the strength within myself 
or not only the strength, I just wasn't even worthy enough to rescue myself. And what does that even mean, right? Like looking back, I almost feel like that statement feels prideful. And that would have been a way that I looked at it back then. Well, who do you think you are to think that you can rescue yourself? That was really the mentality that I had. And we need to shake up that frame of mind. I want to read you some, just a little excerpt of the book that this comes from. So chapter 14 is things I've learned, personal growth. So I have two sections of things I've learned, things I've learned relationally and things that I've learned personal growth wise. And this one is under the personal growth category. And what it says is you've got to learn to fight for yourself. I look back on my life and the things I've experienced. I realized that I developed a sense of unworthiness because I didn't feel like anyone ever fought for me. Here are some examples. When I was five, I was riding my bike in the street and it was almost hit by a school bus. I can clearly remember the bus stopping inches from me. I had no idea the depth of what had almost happened. I only remember the driver getting out of the bus to scream at me. Then I remember my babysitter who came outside and screamed at me as well. It was my fault, but I was so little and all alone in the street. There was no one to protect me or fight for me. I was raised with adults who didn't take responsibility for themselves, let alone their children. The neighbor taught me to ride a bike. It often felt like I was on my own, just as when I was left alone with the sitter's teenage son who sexually abused me. Where were the grown-ups? On the one hand, this taught me independence. On the other hand, as children, we need strong advocates. I believe children can learn about independence and about their value simultaneously. Because of the sexual abuse I experienced at a young age, I became over-sexualized early in life, which I shared earlier in the book. So if you want more details on that, you're going to have to grab the book. (laughs) What I was watching on TV didn't help either. In elementary school, I wrote a note to a boy in class that said, Will you make a baby with me? I remember his horror when he read the note. He gave it to the teacher. I sunk down in my seat. I thought that was how people did things. No one had ever said anything to me otherwise. No one talked to me about these things in an age-appropriate way. No one took the time to find out why I would write something like that. Though at the time, I was really glad everyone ignored it. I realize now that it sent the message that no one really cared. I got caught doing things a few times at a young age that I shouldn't have been doing. No one ever said anything or disciplined me. It was just a complete ignoring. And so when I was 12, I told my sister a little about the sexual abuse. She was the first person I ever told. Um, I thought she would tell me something helpful and keep the secret. She did the right thing and told my mom. My mom didn't talk to me about it. Rather, she took me to a counselor. I sat stone-faced and silent in that office, refusing to talk. I think it's pretty ironic that I'm a counselor today. (laughs) But my mom knew the abuser, yet she didn't do anything. I never went back 
After that one counseling appointment, it was never discussed again. I needed someone to fight for me. I needed someone to reassure me that what happened was wrong, that it wasn't my fault. I should not absorb the shame and guilt I felt. It was not mine to carry, but I never had an advocate nor a protector to tell me otherwise. When we ignore, avoid, and sometimes even punish children for the things they are battling with, we are doing them a huge disservice. Many years later, when I was an adult, my mom called me one day to chat. She often called many times a day, so that wasn't out of the ordinary. But this phone call was one I will never forget. She called to tell me about a new coworker, saying, you'll never believe who she's married to. Her voice was full of cheer with the tone that said, you'll never believe this wonderful and amazing thing I'm about to tell you. She shared that this woman was married to my abuser's brother. She went on to talk about my abuser's family as if they were all wonderful old friends. My mind was screaming, what the bleep is wrong with you? But my mouth said nothing. I was an adult at this point with my own family and kids. I had been to years of counseling that I finally chose on my own, working on myself and my personal growth. But her words continued that message of non-protection that I had received ever since I was small. How can you not protect me, I thought. My mom grew up with terrible sexual abuse from her own father, but she was unable to protect me because she was so broken herself. Now I can look back and feel sad for her, but it doesn't excuse not only the lack of physical protection, but also the lack of emotional support. It was almost as if she knew she was sticking a knife in my heart with this recent story, but didn't really seem to care. Maybe it was her way of perpetuating the guilt so she could continue to have control over me. Whatever the motive, sheer stupidity, unknowing manipulation, or desire to control, the message was loud and clear. What happened to you doesn't matter. You are not worth protecting. No one will ever fight for you. During the years... I was desperately seeking a relationship with a boy to fulfill me and make me whole. After each breakup, I repeatedly said, I just want him to fight for me. I needed someone to say you are worthy enough to fight for because I wasn't fighting for myself back then. I was the helpless princess waiting to be saved, while all along I just needed to save myself. Other people cannot save you. They cannot be all you need them to be just so you can be whole. I've tried. It ends in an absolute mess every single time. Not only that, but it takes our, your own power and self-esteem away. When I was young, everyone else held my power other than me. You are a victim was the theme throughout my childhood. Things just happen to you. You have no control over anything. You should please God and other people because that's what makes you belong. That's what makes you worthy. Even if it means sacrificing everything in your heart and every piece of who you are, that's just what you do. No one will fight for you. You don't deserve it. Let me tell you, friends, these themes ran deep. They still do. 
I've done my best to fill in the holes and heal the wounds. These emotions still rise up in me. And when they do, I tell myself that it's time to fight for myself. It's time to do my own work and to seek the support I need. Ask for divine intervention. Do my own healing because I am my own hero. The only one I need to fight for me is me. Thanks for walking through that excerpt of the book. And I, I just like to chat about it a little more. This was definitely, like I said, a huge theme in my life and a huge area that I had to really take back my power. And so I'm wondering for you if there are themes in your life that have communicated to you that you don't have the strength, you don't have the power, it's not within your control to fight for yourself, to be your own hero. Because the reality is, that's BS. (laughs) And we've got to learn to rock the boat in these areas. As I learned that I am my own hero, that we do rescue ourselves, so much in my life changed. I really stopped looking outside of myself for my own validation. Now, don't get me wrong, it it creeps back in, like I said, right? <laughs> but if we don't have this awareness and we live in a place of everybody else holds my power, everybody else is responsible for my happiness and whether or not I am fought for, whether or not I'm protected, whether or not I'm safe, it gives other people a whole lot of power over us. It also puts a whole lot of pressure on our relationships. If I'm expecting my husband or other people to communicate to me that I'm worth fighting for, I'm putting a lot of expectation on them. I'm having a lot of internal dialogue that goes on about how they should talk to me or how they should respond or what they need to do in order to be valuable or to be fought for. And the reality is, is that people will always fall short of that. And so it's not my husband's responsibility to constantly communicate to me my worth and my value to hold my power and my happiness then if he is holding all of that gosh he feels a whole ton of pressure and then what happens to me I start wanting to manipulate him and control him and influence the way he interacts and talks to me because he's holding all of that power, right? He is my defender. He is my hero. And so if I want to be worthy of his love, he has to communicate that in a certain way to me. So I am giving you this message and I'm diving into this with you because I want you to take back your power. No one else should hold your power. There's an analogy that I use a lot in therapy, and I um, got this from another awesome therapist friend, and I've just loved it ever since. And the story goes, imagine that I'm sitting here 
and I have my hands open to you and you can see that inside my hands I'm holding a beautiful bright shiny sparkly golden ball and this ball is placed carefully and lovingly in my hands and it's the most beautiful ball that you have ever seen and I extend my hands to you and I say here this is my happiness my happiness is completely contained inside this beautiful ball and I love you and I care about you so much and I want to be connected to you I want to be happy and so I'm going to give this ball to you and I know that you're going to take great care of it and I know that you're going to assure that it's protected and that it's safe and that I am always happy. So here's my ball and I hand it to you and you take it and maybe at first you feel very honored. Maybe at first you feel like, wow, this is amazing that she's trusting me with something so beautiful. And so you take it and you put it in your pocket and you vow to always protect it and to make sure that my happiness that you are now carrying is one of your utmost priorities in your life. Now let's say you leave your time with me and you go about your day and you don't realize that your pocket has a hole in it. And at some point throughout the busyness and all of the things that you're doing in your own life, my happiness slips through that hole and and falls out of your pocket. And of course you didn't mean to do that, right? Of course it was an accident. And let's say that as it rolls out of your pocket, it rolls into the street and along comes a car and that car rolls over my happiness and shatters it into a a million pieces. And you're devastated. You're so upset that you allowed my happiness to get destroyed. And I'm upset because I trusted you, right? I trusted that you would care for my happiness. Do you, Are you catching on right now to how dysfunctional this dynamic is? Think about this. I want you to think about your first thought here. If I asked you, whose fault was it that the happiness got destroyed? What's the first thing that you want to say? Most people say that it's their fault. It's my fault that your happiness got destroyed because you entrusted me with it and I should have taken better care of it. I should have known about the hole in my pocket. I should have been a better hero of your happiness. But the reality is, is that it's my fault. It's my fault for handing over my happiness to you. It's my fault for not being the keeper and the hero 
of my own self, of my own happiness, of my own value and worth, handing it over. This could be true for your power. It could be true for so many different things. What are you handing over to somebody else and then blaming them when it's actually your responsibility to care for? We are our own heroes. We are the ones who need to fight for ourselves, who need to fight for our own dreams, for our own worth, for our own happiness, for our own self-love and self-care. Nobody else is going to do it the way that we can do it for ourselves. And the flip side of this is we should not expect anybody else to do it either. Now, I realize it's different too when you're a child and as children, we need people to advocate for us and to stand up for us. And a lot of us, though, didn't have that when we were little. And so we have to be really aware of those patterns that are ingrained in us and that we are carrying out as adults. We have a choice now. We have the ability to have this power that we need to save ourselves, to be our own, to be our own hero, to step into that place. And so I just want to encourage you to reach out, to grab it with both hands and pull it in so tight and know that you are your own hero. You have the ability to heal yourself. You have the ability to move forward in a different way. And sometimes we need help and assistance from other people. And that's okay. That's amazing. We need that. And we don't depend on them for it either. Does that make sense? There is a fine line here between healthy boundaries and uh, asking for help and support from somebody else. So I hope that this message was helpful for you today. I would love for you to grab a copy of my book and tell me what you think. Reviews are always so amazing and I appreciate them so much. They're really the way that gets my book out to a larger audience because it's all about reviews. So if you feel like you'd like to write a review, I would totally appreciate that. Follow me over on Facebook because I am doing different giveaways and that kind of thing in regards to the book. So I would love to connect with you over there and hear your thoughts as well. All right, my friends, thank you so much for being here today. I will see you soon. All right, my friends, what an awesome interview. We absolutely believe in the power of our stories, and we are so very grateful to our guests who have the courage to speak their truth and share their heart, experiences, and light with all of us. If you want more of the WE podcast, make sure you head over to thewespot.com where you can find all of our episodes as well as the WE Spot blog. The We Spot is your go-to spot for growth, connection, authenticity, and encouragement. You can also find us on social media. Head over to the We Spot Facebook and Instagram pages and get plugged in. You can also find me, Sarah Menares, on my personal Facebook and Instagram pages as well. 
If you love the WE podcast, we would be thrilled for you to rate the podcast and write us a review. We want as many people as possible to be lifted up in growth and get connected with our community. Also, don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss out on new episodes dropping every single week. We can't wait to see you over on social media. Thank you for being here today. It means a lot to us. Remember, your story makes you who you are. Speak your truth, grow constantly, rise above, and always know you are not on this journey alone. See you next time.